You're listening to the Real Reading podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny man? Yes, that was brilliant. Hello. Hello! I'm Hugh Ford. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 37 of the Real Reading Podcast with our special guests this week, Mike and Lucy Clayton Jones from Double Barrel Brewery. Um, Hugh, Double Barrel Brewery. Double you, Barrel, double, yeah. 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 Oh, I get it! Yeah. That has taken me until right now. You know, you've seen those things on the um, on the internet that's like, how long... How long has it been since? You, how long did you? When did you know that you could store staples in the bottom of a stapler? And it and people go, oh, I was today years old. I've just got that. Yeah. Did you see the recent one about the um, the card? No. The eight of diamonds. Oh yes, yeah. yes, I did. Yes. That was until that point in my life was today years old. Yeah. As the kids say. Yeah. So I didn't know that, but it's quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. well. Like it. it was only then when you just said it to me that it that it clicked. Wow, so so stupid. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty dumb. <laughs> I think it's Jeremy's time. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. You can check out our new podcast index with all the major talking points on past shows at www.inyourarea.co.uk slash news slash RRP index. Um, oh, you're going to cough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we're both a little bit, I'm a little bit bummed up myself today. I, my, my voice certainly on the last couple of podcasts has been fluctuating between sort of being deep and well, I was going to say soulful, but I think, yeah, I think everybody would like disagree. Doing it with Barry White, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was on a call earlier and I, I did start coughing as well, so that was that wasn't great. Um, everybody will notice that there's no Rachel today. She is in Plymouth. It's uh, in... a Reading Rock Choir Stadium <laughs> event, isn't it? So I, I have something like that. I don't know. It's, I think she's working it's down for there. Work, yeah. Um, we promised each other we would never do a podcast again with just ourselves, but. Uh, in lieu of there being anyone else that could come and join us, um, here we are. Sorry, everyone. So hopefully yeah, sorry. we'll keep this. We'll try and keep the banter down and the the, the length short. Yeah. So yeah. So Double Barrel Brewery. Um, that is our interview later on. That was really great going to see those guys. Um, they've got an enormous warehouse on Portman Road. So they haven't just got two barrels. No, 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 no. They've got because that's another mm, clever player. Very clever, be... cleverly named. Although I'm not quite sure how much beer you could make with just two barrels. Exactly, this, this would be a problem. They've but... got double barrel surname. Also, yeah. beer comes in barrels as it well. Does. It's really, it's all, it's, oh. it's on many levels that yeah. name. Yeah, <laughs> just on that, you, you, I see that advocate, bit. I, got, I would advocate going there. Obviously, I don't that bit I got. Drink. That bit I did get about the yeah. you know, I understood that bit, but anyway. Um, Yes, yeah, so I, I went down there a couple of weeks ago to record an interview with them. Um, the tap room opened on Saturday, uh, and it looks fantastic. They've got an enormous warehouse there. I think they, they did an awful lot of travel. We'll talk about this in um, in the interview later. But um, the one thing they said was that everybody who they spoke to who would open their own brewery said, you know, get if you get as much space as you can afford, because that's been an awful a big problem for a, for a lot of people. So where is uh, it? 
it's on Portman Road um, Stadium. It's often you can get you access it via Stadium Way. You'll see it, there's a big sign on Portman Road that you'll see, but it's near the sort of screw fix. So I think there's a tool station down there as well. So you'll see those, um, and uh, it's just it looks great. So um, okay, um, on to what we've been up to this week. Uh, it'll be a shorter one this week because it's just the two of us. But you, uh, something's piqued your interest um, yes. in the last few days. I know you didn't go to this, but you were really excited. Yeah, I was, I was really excited about this. Yeah, I, um, I really like this idea. It's the big blue whale, the blue whale in Reading. Swimming, yeah, the blue whale swimming down Broad Street in Reading. Yeah, fairly common sight. The, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's huge. Uh, obviously, it was a model. It wasn't yes. actually a blue whale. Like, I'm hoping um, that no one thought it was a real one. Yeah. Um, and it was it was um, the streets the, were absolutely packed, um, and um, <laughs> sorry, that is that my is, yeah, phone, which I really should have. Um, <laughs> for, for those of you who didn't quite hear, that was the grandstand theme music. <laughs> um, so yeah, going back to Wales, the um, the streets were absolutely packed for this, and um, it's very. Um, very kind of spectacular, huge model of this blue whale, and also some some jellyfish as well, which were, were dancing along to the music of this with a with a junk band as well. So they had instruments made out of um, plastic, and the whole theme of the um, of the event was to illustrate the uh, the harm of that plastic is having on the oceans of the world. And I know we're very much yeah. not a seaside town around here, but uh, everyone must have seen on the the Blue Planet too. Um, the episode they did where where they showed the fish yeah. getting caught up. We talked about this in an earlier episode, didn't we? we did. um, yeah. About uh, yeah, there was the, the sort of the Pepsi logo on a, on a crab or something. We talked the long long. In fact, it might have even been the last time we did we did the podcast together. I seem to remember us talking about it. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and it's it's obviously a very important message, and it's uh, you see the footage from around the world of of um, what what is happening. Yeah, and. You know, it's not. We don't live a seaside lifestyle in this part of the world by any means, but it's uh, it's a very important message, and it, yeah. it it can be. We can all do our little bit to try to yeah. to reduce the reduce plastic wastage and stuff like that. So I thought it was a really visually very very good yeah. looking event, even though I wasn't there. It looked, the photos look really good, and the message is the message is pretty good. So thumbs yeah. up. All, that. All, always around, yeah. No, very good. Very and it's good. part of the magical Christmas in Reading of a program of events as well, which are there are very there are a great deal of. Yeah. Um, right up, funnily enough, until, <laughs> until Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> um, so there's some good things happening in uh, at this wonderful, the most wonderful time of year. <laughs> oh, he said it with such joy. Except when you have to eat sprouts, as previously <laughs> discussed. <laughs> um, so, so this week in the last uh, in the last couple of days. Um, I, I'm not sure it was a lifetime ambition, but um, I commentated on a football match. Brilliant. Um, it, I, and I must say, uh, so uh, a little bit of backstory to this. Um, anybody that follows me on Twitter may may be aware. Um, I've been sort of accidentally started a, a very good, a very 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 good friend of mine um, has been in hospital for the last four or five weeks, um, heavily sedated for the last three or so weeks, um, had, he's had a, thir- a third or fourth um, open heart operation um, to, to basically cure a, a genetic um, malfunction of his, of his heart valves. 
Um, and to be perfectly frank, uh, two weeks ago it was looking really, really bleak. Um, we we were effectively told that you know we prepare for the worst, and and I went to see him, and you know there were there were I'm not ashamed to say there were tears, and it was awful. Um, since then, though, um, so sort of off the back of that, we I, I sort of started a little hashtag. He's, he's, he goes by the name of Dudley. That's not his real name, but that's what everybody calls him. Um, and we started a little hashtag just that was um, "Come on, Duds," which was C M O N, um, sort of you know like a, like you might shout at the football because he's, he's a huge, huge football fan, um, and he's a, he's one of those grassroots football volunteers that you hear so much about. You know, he's. Such a such a well known character in 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 the local game, um, so we started that hashtag and it just got all completely out of hand off the back of that hashtag. And we had people as we had people kept with signs um, with it writ with the hashtag written on holding out. So had, you know uh, Frank Kirby, the England uh, women's international footballer, um, and most of the teams um, from all the from the local and most of the senior non league teams. Um, Tom White at Sky Sports did one for us, and uh, Alan Brazil. And uh, Ray Parler did one at Talksport Radio, which was great. So, long and short of it is, he's this this campaign seems to have made a difference, and people going to see him and people telling him about what's been going on, even though he can hear you, but he can't uh, can't really he hasn't been able to respond. But suddenly, a couple of days after um, we were given that news, he actually started to respond to 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 improve to the point where now, actually, this uh, over this weekend just gone. Uh, if all goes well, he he should be you know almost able to talk and be sort of starting to come back with us. And so part of the doing the commentary was this idea that uh, he wasn't able to go to this game, which was at Bracknell Towns Ground, and it was Bracknell against Reading under twenty threes, and there was a crowd of about one thousand one hundred and forty something. It was an it was an enormous game for for a ground that normally only sort of has three or four hundred at it and it but he he would have wanted to be there at that game so we thought right why don't we try and broadcast it so that he can his brother can have it on either the radio or facebook live or something at the hospital so we did that and and we we got through it and it was great um Bracknell lost 2-0, Reading, Reading under 23s won 2-0, um, but it was a real, real good game, real end-to-end stuff, it was, it was great. What I would say, I think my, the reason my voice is slightly feeling like this is because I just talked for 90 minutes, and mm-hmm. it's quite a skill, it really is quite a skill, because there's obviously lots of stories you can tell, but then once you've told that story, that's it, you know, you've, I'm not sure I'd be able to do it again, because I've got nothing left to say, I, I don't think. It wasn't just me, it was me, me and another friend did it, but it was, uh, it was quite interesting, it was good fun. You try not to trot out all those cliches. Yeah, I was going uh, to say, did you get a lot? Of oh, cl- I, if it was me, I would have gone gone full cliche. <laughs> no, we we tried not to. We tried. There was about twenty five people listening because we did it on Facebook Live. There were about twenty five people tuning in, um, which was nice. Uh, we weren't doing it for that. It was just to try and, um, to, as I say, to, to allow our friend to listen to it. And it was it was really really. Yeah, I, I I must admit I felt good after it, but I, I didn't go down that sort of football cliche route. I tried to just veer away from because I, yeah, I end up just shouting at commentators on the telly when I'm listening to the football or what. <laughs> it's really quite irritating when they say really stupid yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hit that well. Yeah, <laughs> maybe too well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. So yeah, so that that was great, uh, and as I say, it's been great to see the the, the level of the, the the breadth of feeling that has been behind this little campaign that almost sort of started by accident, really. But it's been it's been really good. So yeah, it's great. I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of it on 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 Twitter myself yeah. as well, and it's um, it's really kind of heartwarming to to see the the, the community get behind him, and I'm sure you know it, it helps. And 
when yeah. when he does eventually um, come round and wake up, he um, he will see all these messages and he'll mm. give him an enormous boost. And yeah. you have to wonder how how long it will be before he asks what the football results were <laughs> while he's out. <laughs> yes. You'll have to read them all out to him. One uh, a friend of ours did actually go along and read all the score. He had, he had ninety minutes with him, and he went right. He took uh, took along a copy of the uh, the non league football paper, and he said. I didn't know what else to do so I, I spoke to him and then I just read all the scores from the non-league paper which is you know there's hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of matches Bracknell Town hey. 2 <laughs> Avalanton Waterlooville 1 I'm not sure if they're in the same league but that's, no, they're not. that's they're the not. only two non-league teams I know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay uh, thanks Hugh uh, you'll be back in a second with the Reading Fact of the Week oh yes Reading Fact of the Week Hugh, what have we got this week? You haven't figured one out, have you? You're going to have to spend the next moments. Yeah, let's, let's do a cut here. Yeah, cut. And we're back in the room. What have we got, Hugh? What have we got? This is an interesting fact that I didn't know about Reading Festival. And you've read this book. And I have read this book. <laughs> but I, 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 this, I had not recalled this one. I, mean, I think it's quite interesting. 1984, 1985... Two years, festivals banned by the local council, which was run by the Conservatives at the time. Um, the lineups had been formed, but the council took back the land and, with the aim of um, securing it to a, securing it for property development, and therefore did not grant the organisations a license for an alternative site. No, obviously, I'm presuming this never happened. Yes, because <laughs> clearly, Reading Festival is still a thing, <laughs> and. The festival site is very much still there. That's, um, that's one of those things where you think, like, if social media existed in those days, it would have an absolute uproar. Yeah, it's um, it's a very big site. You could have got a lot of houses yeah. on it back in those days. Wow, you, I think it possibly could have solved the housing crisis. The the housing, yes, before it even yeah. before it even started. <laughs> Twenty, uh, uh, my maths is letting me down. Thirty, thirty-three years ago, thirty-four years wow. ago. Wow, um, which is very, it's a very interesting fact that you know that could have potentially been the end of the Rain Festival. There's nowhere else, presumably. I can't, I don't know the landscape at the time, but there no. would be a, where, where else would you have the festival? Yeah, um, I, don't, I have no idea. Um, and if anyone's out there who can shed more light on this, any maybe any people who might have been on the council at the time, um, Tony Page was on the council at the time, <laughs> I believe, um, and. Uh, we can find out a bit, a bit more about it. Any anyone yeah. who knows anything more about that is uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> Thanks, you. Um, that is the end of part one. Uh, in part two, we will go straight into Fort explains it all. This is Fort explains it all. Welcome to uh, part two of the Real Reading podcast, um, Hugh. It is time, as the music suggested, for Fort Explains It All. What are we talking about this week? Well, unusually, we are not talking about anything being done by Reading Borough Council. Are, they, are you saying they're not doing anything? Uh, they're doing plenty. Okay. But, I, but you don't understand any of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I couldn't be bothered to read the documents this week. So, What have we got then? This is about swans. Oh yes, I've seen you and doing a fair bit on swans this week. Yeah, we've had we've had a, a fair old um, 
a rather surprising um, message from the Swan Support Charity. Um, they posted on their Facebook page that Reading's the, the flock of swans who live in Caversham will not survive the winter unless unless they are fed more. And it goes it goes back to this this thing and that which they say the charity says it is misinformation. Right. Um, fake news. Potentially fake news. Donald Trump style fake news <laughs> about how it was bad to feed birds bread. It was right. bad for them. Who put that out? Do you know? It, I don't know where it started, but because um, I've definitely seen it that we were all told not yeah, to. Yeah, we were all told not to. Yeah, and um, as a result, people who have been obedient, <laughs> right? In the in the in the age where where when expert advice is given, many people just bat, bat it away as an inconvenience. Um, they steadfastly. Um, listen to this advice and stop feeding the swans in Caversham and as a result um, two have already died sadly and um, they're very much urging people to, to get their bread yeah. and feed it to them um, as well as corn um, food pellets you can get from pet shops cereals and greens Maybe you could feed them sprouts. Oh, <laughs> finally! See, used for sprouts. See, in my in my, in my mind, I, my I automatically go to the slightly negative thing of that, and sprouts are quite throwable. I'm no, thinking, you're gonna yeah. get people throwing sprouts <laughs> at swans. Uh, do we know if we can feed sprouts to swans? I don't know. It just says the um, the message from the charity just said greens. So right. sprouts are green. They are. They are. And um, but maybe swans think they're disgusting too. <laughs> um, <laughs> The only, I wouldn't want to get near one to find out. The only thing they do say about feeding them bread is to ensure it isn't mouldy. Okay. Um, because that's not that's not so good for them. Um, the other interesting thing is that um, these uh, these swans in Caversham have kind of got a um, they're kind of institutionalised as well. Right. Um, in that they don't the, the the charity workers say that they never they're unable to leave that stretch of river because it's it's all they know. And so <laughs> you did an accent then that I was did, wonderful. I did. It's all I know. Um and so they're not they're not capable of of yeah. swimming further down the river I mean, and finding more food. So that area of Caversham is quite lovely. I can understand lovely, why you yeah, wouldn't I, 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 swan, I live there. The other place that this is happening is in on the, the Thames in Windsor which is also right. very nice. So uh, okay. they've obviously got, you know, Reasonable taste. These I was going to say because when uh, when we used to go as a family over to Windsor, go to uh, go to Windsor Castle, they used to have a toy store there, uh, Daniel's department store. They had an entire floor of toys, which I think is a probably a subject for another day. But one of the probably the cheapest thing you could do as a family in Windsor was throw bread to the swans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, hmm. it's not exactly a, a place to go if you don't have much money. No, unfortunately. No. So yeah, so at at this point, the advice is simply to. Go to the river, feed the swans, and try to avoid this this whole flock dying out, yeah. which is um, would be a terrible. Shame. It's rather extraordinary. Are they ones that are owned by the Queen? Do we know? They're all owned by the Queen. Are they, are they not in air, in certain areas, or is it all of them? I think it's all of them. It's certainly it's certainly I would going to say illegal. Um, I might question that, but it's certainly frowned upon if you ever actually kill a swan. Yes, yes, I don't um, know that. <laughs> and this is a quote from um, David Barber, who's the uh, who's in the, the Queen's Swan. He's in charge of the Queen's Swans, essentially. Yep. And um, he says, "There is no good reason not to feed bread to swans, provided it is not mouldy. 
Most households have surplus bread and children have always enjoyed feeding swans with their parents. The ban the bread campaign is already having a de- deleterious impact on upon the swan population. I don't know what deleterious <laughs> means. Um, and I, I'm re- receiving reports of underweight cygnets and adult birds and a number of swans from large flocks have begun to wander into roads in search of food. This poses the further risk of swans being hit by vehicles. Malnutrition also increases their vulnerability to fatal diseases like avian flu, which has caused the death of many mute swans and other waterfowl in the past. We don't want that. No, we certainly don't. You want to try, you know, obviously it's traumatic to hit a, a swan with a car anyway, but also it causes a massive traffic jam. Really. Yes. We, we don't want, we don't don't want that. Don't need that either. Mm. It reminds me very nicely of, of how I wish we'd persuaded uh, Mr. Jonathan Lowe to come and join us today, <laughs> but of that amazing video where he's trying to usher a swan out of the road on Cavendish Bridge. Yes, famous which, video. That's what he's, where he's well known. Swanathan. Swan- I believe we, got, we called him. <laughs> Thank you, Hugh. Um, okay. That's that's great. Um, it's now time for our interview with Mike and Lucy Clayton Jones from Double Barrel Brewery. Roll the tape. Hello, everyone. I am down Stadium Way, which is off Portman Road in Reading. Which is, is this, this is West. West Reading, it isn't is, it? I get yeah, confused. Is, yes. Always get confused. I am at Double Barreled Brewery, a brand new brewery in Reading, for Reading. Um, I'm with Mike Clayton Jones and Lucy Clayton Jones. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, a bit frantic at the moment. Yeah. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. I've just been on a quick tour of the brewery and it's um it's it's quite impressive. Um, you showed me uh, your equipment that you brewed at home compared to the size of the equipment you brew. Uh, brew in now um, roughly what times the size is it because it, I mean it's it's, it's, a, it's a sort of a garage situation what sort of size are we in now so uh, a single batch is 24 times larger than what we were brewing in our garage right but we also have four fermenters now rather than two so roughly 50 times the size <laughs> so, and how many how many pints does that mean you can make on a either on a day or in, I, I can do it a lot easier in litres. In a in a month, we can brew about 10,000 litres. Wow. So one pint, 0. 0.568 litres. Wow. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the brewery. Um, it strikes me as absolute madness to, <laughs> um, to, to sort of the size of the operation that, you're, that you look to be working on. I've, I've been to, as many listeners of this podcast will know, I'm a frequent visitor to uh, Reading's local pubs and particularly uh, and I, you know, I enjoy going to a tap room. We'll come more into the tap room a bit later, but um, this is considerably bigger than any brewery that, I, that I've been to, certainly from the off. You know this. This is this is this is a big air. This is a big room. So, talk me through it. What's please, going on? Please don't remind us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is big. It is big. It was. It's. It was an intentional decision to go for a bigger site than we currently need. Yeah. Um, largely to do with cost of installations, um, and uh, coupled with the amount of space that we've got to grow into. Uh, we could comfortably fit a lot more fermenters into this space, uh, which just brings the overall cost of everything down mm. to pint, pint price down once you scale that up. Yeah. Uh, also, we so we did a lot of research for this venture. Everybody we spoke to said go as big as you can afford. Right. To start with, because you don't want to have to move <coughs> after two years. Yeah. Because it costs a lot more to do that. All your capital's tied up. So, yeah, 
that's the main reason we've gone for the size that we've gone for. So there's a bit of a long-term plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, did I see on your on your website you you did a bit of a tour around around the world? Is that right? Short. Short <laughs> to stop. Eleven-month 11 tour. <laughs> yes. Around the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of based the route kind of. It was one of those things that we we were going to go, you know, maybe three months and really hit the, the key craft base yeah. spots, and then you realise that you know, you've kind of quit your job and you don't often get that amount of time. And <laughs> and oh, why don't we just throw in this country and then do that? And then it, when you're in that situation, you sort of you realise how much of a once in a lifetime it is, yeah. and you kind of go, well, if we're here, we should do this as well. And um, so it was, it was. We did, we learnt so much, and it really did shape what we want to do now yeah um and it was a heck of a lot of fun and we probably won't ever have a holiday again so no, that's no, 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 <laughs> you may as well do it. Get it all done. Yeah. Well get it all done yes so now i we've spoken i've spoken to other pubs uh, particularly up into the nags head and done a done a podcast from there uh lord and brewery as well and done a podcast from there now i i know but just for, just for the purposes of the listeners what sort of beers are you going to be brewing here um, so we, we, we really enjoy um, stouts and sours. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we want to focus on in terms of like our experimentation. Um, and it's what we love drinking. But that's not to say that we aren't going to do sort of pale ales and IPAs yeah. and stuff as well. But there's just so many amazing um, IPA brewers in the UK at the moment that we're kind of thinking, well, let's what's our specialism? Yeah. And that's the best thing to do is kind of focus on your passions and, and what you want to do um, is also quite nice for us because obviously with both of those kind of beer styles barrel aging kind of comes into it and we plan to also double barrel age stuff so we might barrel something right. age something in a whiskey barrel for example and then potentially look to then age it again in maybe a maple barrel to kind of throw it up and, and <laughs> but the biggest problem at the moment we have is Stouts and sours, you know, aren't the best sellers. Yeah. So we um, can't just focus on those if we want to maintain <laughs> to keep this business alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we will do pails and IPAs as well. Excellent. So, um, so just just going just going back. I've done this rather the wrong way around, but just going back to your, to your trip. Where, so America is 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 quite a big mm. place for, for for craft beer and that kind of thing. But where 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 did you go? Uh, we. We made it to twenty nine different countries in eleven months. <laughs> so uh, it's it's kind of in in a short interview like this, it's quite yeah. difficult to go through. Yes, all yeah. <laughs> uh, we did spend a lot of time in America. Spent three months there at the end of our trip. We've hit New Zealand, Australia. Uh, we did six weeks across Europe. We've done parts of Asia, Japan, India. <laughs> all sorts, yeah. all sorts of places. South America as well. So. Yeah. yeah, because because we also started to look at because there's a lot of you you can learn from like the the wine regions and terroirs yeah, and yeah. and how you can take that learning into um, hop growing regions and so that, um, we looked at spirits as well. Um, so it was we did do it was we did a lot of drinking <laughs> and we probably ruined our livers. Um, well, you're looking great shape. <laughs> I don't feel it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it was, incredible. and I think what it helped us do is because you see how, you know, tap rooms are around the world. You mm. see how breweries are around the world. What they're focusing on, what what people are enjoying, what they're drinking. And it's very 
different to the traditional English ales. Yeah. You know, it's very different to the the cask handpool kind of um, pubs that you get. And, and in many ways, that's it sort of helps you appreciate that a bit more. You know, sort of grass yeah. is greener on the other side type <laughs> of feeling. Um, but it also allowed us to to really kind of get into our sours and our stouts, yeah. which you don't necessarily see in every pub in the UK. Yeah, no, very true, very true. Um, so the site the site we're on, um, there's a, there's a lot of warehouses around here. It's, it's quite common, I think, for for breweries to open up in in warehouses. What was the process of actually finding this place in particular? Well, I drove past it every day for about three months, <laughs> and there's a massive two let sign on site. Yeah. And we were just looking around all over all over Reading, and then I eventually looked out the window and realised <laughs> that site's pretty good. You get a lot of people going past it, yeah. it's very visible from yeah. the road, uh, why don't we just go and have a look at it? And it took a long time for us to actually finally get a contract signed, yeah. but yeah, it's it's worked out pretty well. Uh, in terms of process, I don't know. It's, it's quite hard because we... You need to have a brewery. You need to have B two um, industrial pl- planning permission. Right. Um, so that was kind of our first requirement. Then on top of that, there was a lot of confusion in terms of what we needed um, on a planning side of things for, for the tap room and where would, if we're going to open a tap room, which is something that we always wanted to do, um, you know, what license will yeah. licensing allow it to be yeah. on industrial state? And we spoke to a state agency who said, no, there's absolutely no way they'll allow you to do it here. Um, but now, and the, one of the reasons it's sort of the tap room's taking a while to get started is because we've been really reluctant to sort of jump <laughs> on that. But we've now got um, all the planning permission yeah. we need. We, we've got the licensing approval um, for to open the tap room, which means, and we've also are brewing, so it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of it, it allows us to do everything we want to do, um, and it's still in a place where you can get to easily by public transport yes. or hop in a cab. Um, and it's not too far away. Let's let's, uh, let's talk about the tap room. So, so for anybody that doesn't know what a tap room is, um, apart from being a brilliant idea, um, <laughs> talk to me about what a tap room is and what what that will do. Well, in its simplest form, it's it's a bar in an industrial setting that is attached to a brewery <laughs> where you can drink the freshest beer from that yep. brewery. There is, uh, and you can see and almost experience yeah. how that beer has been produced and made its way into a glass in front of you. So it, it strikes me as being just an incredible idea that I'm, I'm surprised that people didn't think about previously that we've got a brewery, we could sell beer, we could sell our beer from here and that obviously takes out a load of overheads, transport, um, yeah. all sorts of things, doesn't it? Absolutely. From, from that. Yeah. yeah, from our perspective it's it's really nice. And we get to then lo- you know, meet our like local mm. drinkers and... Um, it's it's kind of it's quite nice for we it's something that we've all been passionate about and it we saw there's so many in America and Australia you know that yeah that was where you just they because they don't have the British pub culture you know their tap room is their local community hub um, and they're just you know hundreds in towns <laughs> I think Wellington in New Zealand is a similar size to Reading and they I think they must have thirty tap rooms or something you know, wow. it was something yeah. something insane and you think well. They haven't got necessarily got the pub culture, but you know, just you think, yeah. wow, like that's what it could be. And but they they evolve it as well. So it, it in a lot of places can tend to turn into more of a restaurant 
yeah. atmosphere. So there's kitchens and yeah. you know you can go and have a full <laughs> meal and drink and see shiny stainless steel tanks. Yeah, which which is always good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we kind of wanted to be, and I think that's the thing about getting the size right is that if you went too small, then you end up not being able to do yeah. anything outside of your town area, and then you become a tap room. So the sort of combination of size allows us to. You know, we're distributing into London and and sort of getting our name out slightly wider, uh, but also then still have a, a hopefully a, a a good tap room for Reading people to yeah. enjoy. So, so you have got beers going out already. We have, we yeah. Have. We started delivering last week. Oh, fantastic! Okay, um, so so where where are you go? So London, where is it? Is there anywhere anybody can have your beer in in Reading right now? This week, uh, this Thursday. What that would be Thursday the. the Fifteenth. 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 Yep. Of November. Of November will be uh, sort of a, a little three three tap takeover down at the Fox and Hounds in Caversham. Oh, okay, lovely. Uh, which is in, coincidentally our local pub. So, <laughs> um, so they're taking all of the first releases that we're. If you're out. if you're delivering the beer, I think it's only fair that you're able to walk over. Absolutely. For that, so. yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Nags Head have also taken a keg of each of the yeah. ones that we've released recently. Uh, we are looking to deliver to the Grumpy Goat this week okay. as well with some cans. So we're, we're filling cans tomorrow. Wow, okay. <laughs> so it's, there's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> further afield, if you are in London, uh, the Hop Locker on the South Bank has uh, our pale on permanently from now up until yeah. the end of December. Wow. And we were at a tap takeover, started Thursday last week until yesterday, if there's any beer left. Uh, at the beer merchant staff in Hackney Wick, so so is, is this the exciting part, is, is, or is, is is there been anything else that's really sort of driven you? Is this the bit now where it's like right, we're getting started? Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, we we launched um, in February at a beer festival called Craft Beer Rising in Central London, yeah. um, but at that point in time, we were in our garage, so you know, it took us three months to brew enough beer to, <laughs> to get there. Um, and that was actually what's helped us kind of launch and be able to be delivering straight into London. Mm. So we kind of built up contacts at that point um, and people who you know know us and um, have tried our beer. So it, one of the hardest things is when you're keg only, it's really hard to get people to try your beer because yeah. you can't send them small pack. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons we're also canning to sort of help people discover us as quickly as possible because the rent's quite high <laughs> um, and yeah just sort of get our name out there as quickly yeah. as possible so it's been really frustrating when we did that event in February we thought we would be taking the lease on of yeah. this place but there were so many delays in getting that contract signed that we didn't take this on until the end of June yeah okay um, and then we've had obviously all the installation to do from then Okay, so where so just just for just for podcast listeners then when when do you think um, when do you think the tap room may well be open for visitors? Well, you've seen how far yeah. developed it is. <laughs> well, yeah. So um, <laughs> I'll be sneaking in. No, um, I so I, I guess I, we're going to try and put this this interview out when um, when you guys are actually open. So it might be I don't know, it might be a bit of a giveaway, I suppose. But. So it was sort of December time. I think. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're hoping it's going to be early December. Yeah. Um, if we can launch on the 1st of December, that would be fab. Um, what we're, we're having um, a few friends over the weekend before that to basically try <laughs> everything and just yeah. see that we've got 
all the bits that we've, yeah. we've never done this before. Yeah. Um, and the last thing we want to do is have people excited about us and come down and think this was a pile of crap. I'm yeah. never going to, I'm never going to go out <laughs> yeah. there again. Yes, you don't need a bunch of Google reviews and trip replies yeah. reviews that say it sucked. Uh, yeah, and, and it's hard to sort of find that balance because because we don't haven't done this before. Yeah. We're not got like a perfect recipe yet yeah. of oh this is this is going to create it. So we're we're sort of thinking that let's open in December. Let's open for those first you know Fridays and Saturdays, and then take any feedback we've got yeah. and refine it in January, February when it's going to be quieter. And then hopefully yeah. build up again, sort of next year, um, and and see just sort of be kind of honest with people and say, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not perfect, but the seats well, yeah, and the beer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what more do you want, really? Yeah, exactly. And toilets, yeah. We've got toilets. <laughs> well, I, I would be very happy to come and test for you. <laughs> Delighted, in fact. We've had okay. no shortage. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. I won't be the first one. <laughs> um, okay, thank you, guys. That was really great to talk to you. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, I, I don't think so uh, but we, we we do genuinely hope to see as many people down here as possible when we are open and, and, and accept any sort of feedback we might be given um, news of openings and releases and stuff will always find its way on social media as well great. So. what's yeah. the what's the Twitter Twitter, uh, Twitter is at DB Brewery and Facebook is just Double Barrel Brewery it is yeah. excellent so I encourage everybody to go and like those pages yep. that would be very, very exciting uh, Mike and Lucy no, no, no right. yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and Lucy, thank you very much for talking to me. Um, Thanks for It's been down. great. Uh, I'll see you soon. Cheers. Yes, you will. So that was Mike and Lucy Clayton Jones from Double Barrel Brewery down on Portman Road. Um, that opened at the weekend. Uh, well, certainly the tap room opened at the weekend, and I would certainly urge you to go down and have a look. Um, when I did the interview, the tap room was yet to be completed, but I've since seen pictures, and we've done a sneak peek on Get Reading of uh, the tap room as it stands, and it just looked brilliant. And the beers are, I have tasted the beers, and they are really, really, really good. Um, now, as there's no Rachel this week, uh, we will not have a random question because, uh, you know, Hugh, it's just Hugh. And it's just me. It's just you, mate. And we don't need that. I do can we? monologue with the best of them. Yes, you can. You can. I know. I know. Um, I also understand that, uh, just to fill a little bit of time, um, I understand it's the grand, it was the grand opening of Heath and Watkins at the weekend. It was, yes. What disastrous efforts have you gone to in the last couple of days? It's it's been crazy. We've had we've had numerous rows. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole um, the whole car- carpet was ripped up. Um, most of our uh, shelving and storage at the time was planning to use in our flat. Right, is now in the shop, le- <laughs> leaving us with very little. <laughs> um, there was something. Things are being repainted because the color, the colors were quote aren't right. Right. And um, what did you think of the colors? I thought they were fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's not it's not my shop, so I have to bow to those of have who superior have unbelie- un- undeniably even um, a better understanding of design and aesthetic that that I have, which, which <laughs> isn't really very difficult to be fair. Um, so yeah, so it's been my my girlfriend has worked so hard 
I've worked quite hard. Yeah. Um, but she's she's been she's been doing a full day's work in the shop most days, and then five, you know, right until late at night, um, trying to get it how she wants it in time for the launch. So, so we're 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 getting you know we we should we were all right in the end. Yes. Because <laughs> timey wimey. Um, yeah. Just. Um, but it was it's it's been quite it's been quite stressful. But now. Now it should be it should be all done. G- From given that point them, of view, we can work for we can move forward now. It's been a the learning curve has been extremely wow. steep. Yes, <laughs> I can only imagine. So your your career in journalism hasn't at all prepared you for a career as a shop owner's lackey. Not really. No, no. I'm no. I have going from sitting at a desk for most of the day to. To lugging very heavy things and smashing up sheds and stuff with sledgehammers is a bit of a <laughs> bit of a uh, interesting lifestyle change, but uh, I've I've enjoyed it and uh, it hasn't um, stressed me out as quite as much as I thought it thought it would be, and we 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 work reasonably well together on it <laughs> sometimes, provided I don't ask any questions yeah. and do exactly what I'm told and. Which is actually constantly make cups of tea, which is actually yeah, that's about you, where you need to be. I think. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah, an unthinking, an unthinking drone. <laughs> um, if, if I was a soldier, I'd be straight over, it, straight <laughs> over the, the top at the very first. Good, you. Um, okay, thank you, Hugh. Um, I, I'm not sure if we're going to have weekly updates on Heath and Watkins, but um, no, I'm going to try not to talk about <laughs> it from now on. But uh, it does require you to it, go and do something else, though. So this is true. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Jeremy. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading, uh, like you and I do, don't we, Hugh? We do, yeah. Yes. We, we, and it's, Reading is getting really interesting. Yes. There's, lots, there's so much happening, I know. There's, there's things being built, there's things coming along, the whole place, there's things opening. Um, I've seen the first lists of festivals and stuff that are going on next year already. Yeah, You've obviously got Reading Festival. Yeah. I think um, I think our colleague James was doing Are You Listening Festival earlier. So hey. There's all sorts of stuff going on. I was on. doing that. Oh, was it you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I've done that, yeah. It's the, yeah. Uh, the first acts for the Are You Listening Festival Great. have been announced. And, um, Great. We think there seems to be... Um, I don't want to say too much on this because it's not it's not definite. But there's a there seems to be a bit of movement. We might see um, the Friars Walk demolished fairly Ooh. soon. I, there's no details as to when, but there's there's um, some sort of preparation work going on around there now. Should we do a let's have a bit of a Friars Walk update next week, shall we? And Fort explains it all. I'll see perhaps. what I can, I can see what I can find out. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to get information unless because they. Yeah. Station Hill people just just say we we don't know yet. Um, we'll see what we can find out. See if we can do a bit of a uh, uh, Friars Walk update in the next episode next week. Well, I'm, 
curious about with regards to Friars Walk, I don't want to dwell on this too long because we've been talking for quite a while, but what is going to happen when it actually gets demolished in terms of the roads? Yeah. Because that's obviously where all the buses go, down Friars Street, and... Um, there'll be there's going to be a big diversion around town. Yeah, presumably, and presumably you can't knock down Friars Road, Friars Walk without closing <laughs> the road. Um, and potentially the other end as well, Garrett yeah. uh, Garrett Street. Yeah, the other side. Yeah, and so that could lead to some fun and games with the buses <laughs> around town and. Um, but yeah. I, I do look at the planning application list in Reading fairly regularly and um, there's no um, application in yet for permission to demolish this. Yeah. You you would think that, that perhaps Reading Bus, our friends at Reading Buses, still no sponsorship, um, boo, boo um, you would think that they would possibly have plans already in place for, for diversions and that kind of thing, I guess. They certainly did for the football in the summer, didn't they, when Friday yeah. Street was closed. you would so. think that that the council and um, Reading Buses would have done some sort of prep work on this yeah. at some point because it's been so long coming that they, they'll have some idea what they want to do. Yeah. Um, what that will be. <laughs> I don't know. Whether it will cause traffic chaos. Probably. Probably. Showing any road in Reading seems to cause traffic chaos. Um, what with Cow Lane will still presume <laughs> yeah, may well God. still be closed. Um, and Possibly the longest outro we've ever done. Um, yeah, sorry, I just, I just, just got the thought of something there. Talking <laughs> well, about. sometimes you've got to fit these things in. Um, that is it for this week. We will be back in a week. We think Rachel's back. I can't remember. Um, but we think she's back. So the voice of reason will return uh, and we will have less rambling. And we will see you in a week. Um, oh, yes, when it is Hickey's uh, music store. Oh, and lots of references to Wayne's World. So uh, we will see you in a week. Look forward to that. Bye. You're listening to the Real Reading podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that was brilliant. Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him? Yes, that was brilliant.